1: You are now entering a critical thinking zone, so thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins, and it's time for Critical Thinking.
2: Welcome on in to Critical Thinking. Moi is Andrew Coppins. He is Pat Oni. Welcome into the show on a Truth or Fiction Tuesday. Mr. Padoni, how are you doing today?
1: Well, uh, I'm I'm better than the French. Why? Well, you said moi, yeah. so I just said I'm better than the French.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's the language of surrender. Everybody's better than that.
1: Yeah, I don't, that's why I'm wondering why you, you even used a French word in the opening of the show because, you know, well, pardon my French, uh, you, you speak surrender apparently. So
2: yes, I do surrender. I surrender to God and Jesus Christ,
1: our Lord and savior. I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's good, I guess. Um, you know, but, uh, yeah.
2: Now speaking of surrender, this is a truth or fiction Tuesday. So, we have a lot to get into. Let's dive into the first one. Truth or fiction, John Cornyn is absolutely tone deaf.
1: Um, Tone deaf. I mean, he's been a senator for a pretty long time, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, uh, let me look it up that'll be interesting Yeah, I was going to say he, he's he's I know he's been in there for for a while. Um he's part of your more establishment type GOP. Um and from what I understand, uh he didn't have such a great time at uh, the state convention uh here recently. So I'm going to go with truth. truth, huh? Just for the just 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 for the simple fact that um <clears throat> he is part of that like I said part of that establishment GOP that that hates you and they don't care mm. and they're at the point of you can boo me on stage and I won't care because I know I'm going to win anyway
2: Funny you should mention that because um that's exactly what happened over this weekend. I think it was Friday night or Saturday morning. He got up to address the state Texas GOP convention. Uh-huh. Now, John Cornyn is one of the um gang of like what 13 senators, I think, that kind of came up with this framework for a bill um to address gun control and we talked about what was in that bill. Yeah. Um, Yeah, last week. So, again, go and hit pause if you're interested in us talking about that bill specifically and and find it. Um, but right on the heels of that, this is how tone deaf John Cornyn is, right? He's he is supportive of red flag laws and, and very vague on how they would constitutionally protect your rights because red flag laws. Guess what they violate? Your 4th, your 5th, and arguably your 14th Amendment rights. Again, government is supposed to exist to protect your rights within the framework of the Constitution. Government is not supposed to strip your rights. Government is there to protect your rights. That's it. That's what our Founding Fathers believed when they wrote the Constitution, right, after experiencing the Articles of Confederation in very loose ties, they realized that there are two truths. You have to have a centralized money and you must have a centralized defense. That's where they came up with the system of federalism. Now, now, cornyn supports this bill many people are leery of government and its overstep and its use of red flag laws and its vague language very vague language john cornyn is one of the worst one of the most slimy rhino gop individuals right so naturally he would think what pat you know what my people don't hate me i i've got i've got this all under control let me show up and then show them that i care about them right that's exactly what he thought i guarantee it but this was the result of this over the weekend
1: so let's take our country back starting with congress in november thank you god bless you may God continue
0: to bless our great state
2: of Texas. Now, what you didn't see if you are listening via podcast, by the way, go to our Rumble page, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, where you can see this show in its entirety every Monday through Friday. Um, But what you didn't see, right, was what? John Cornyn, after delivering the God bless the United States of America and God bless the great state of Texas, is resoundingly being booed. There are a few people clapping, and most of those people are close to the camera, ironically. But what you're not noticing, if you are not watching, is John Cornyn doing the typical politician thing, right? Moving himself from the podium and Waving and smiling. Now, it's been reported over the weekend that John Cornyn also said, I'll never give in to the mob. Basically saying, screw you, to his constituents who believe he's wrong on this issue. And many other issues, by the way. Now, what ticks me off the most about all of this, in conjunction with this, Pat, is I have heard at least four times in the past... 48 hours, this argument. For the love of God, we have to elect the Republicans in November to right the ship. That's a Republican who doesn't believe in your Second Amendment rights. That's a Republican who has an F, conservative review rating, which is not some gimmick. It is literally, what is the conservative position on an issue? And you vote on that bill. And they score it. Based upon your voting record. He has an F. So you tell me, does electing John Cornyn and the GOP Solve your issue? Does it solve what is going on in America? The answer to me is hell no. We've
1: talked and about this you countless times. This, if you're, you know, if you watch this though, even if you just listen to it, you can you can just tell. You can just tell how much John Cronin and his ilk actually hate you. Because if you go up there and you you get booed, you would think that there would be some sort of um, response to that eventually, right? Mm-hmm. Not this yeah. oh, "I'll never give in to the mob" mentality. You wouldn't. You want to take you know two seconds at at, at least. To reflect on, okay, uh, is there a reason for this? Am I wrong on something? Did I do something wrong? Do I need to change my ways on something? Because you're supposed to represent the state. and, And he's not doing that in this case. And these people know it. And they're letting him know it. But then he sits up there and he waves and he smiles and he does the whole politician thing. Because he doesn't give a damn. He doesn't care. He doesn't care, and he doesn't care that you know that he doesn't care because here's, here's the rub. He's thinking he's walking into this next election, and he's going to win because who's going to challenge him and take his seat? Who's going to do that? Who is going to stand up to John Cronin and say, uh, your seat's in trouble? And because you don't stand for conservative values, I'm running against you. Who's going to do that that's going to have the backing that John Crennan already has? And he knows it. He knows it.
2: Right. He's going into this election here having basically won it. Nobody bothered to really realistically primary him. Greg Abbott had a primary, right? Uh, And he won that. He literally crushed the field. Right. So why do why should they care about you, the the <clears throat> the delegates to the Texas GOP convention, right? Why, why should they care? They don't. And why does it matter though that John Corden has power? And why does it matter when that it's just this, this perception I mean, I heard Pat Gray say this earlier. The the whole notion of we, my God, we're on the verge of a crisis and we've got to elect the Republicans to stave it off. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm going to take you back a few steps here. Because um, the blaze is in the great state of Texas, right? That is correct. Okay. Um, when it comes to trans kids... What brain tells the great state of Texas's position on that right now? Um,
1: I mean, I would imagine it is uh trans like like trans kids can't compete in women's sports. I don't know if they've passed that legislation, but
2: what yeah, I, I will tell that. you is that um we have a case. I don't know if you remember that case, the the little boy with his mom and dad fighting over each other in Texas. Okay? I, I do remember that case. Yep. The mm-hmm. courts in Texas at all levels have upheld the mother in the gender affirming care, quote unquote, right? And this is the, Texas. The father who has produced evidence upon evidence upon evidence of his son not wanting to be a girl is now the one that's in trouble, by the way. Is now the one fighting a legal battle to not go to jail. It's just backwards. So, why does it matter that John Cornyn supports the red flag law? Because as written currently, there are no constitutional bounds to these red flag laws, none. Okay, it is somebody just being able to file a complaint and the judge deciding that there's a reasonable question as to whether, not reasonable doubt, not um, you have to prove the case. It just has to have a reasonable suspicion. Now we, we've talked about this before, right? one-third of all of these types of cases that exist in the United States of America already get rejected. A third of them are rejected. But I want to ask you this question. Do you think that John Cornyn, Lindsey Graham, the was it not Trent Lott, but um, uh, the two North Carolina Republican senators, uh, Thume, is it, right? Yeah. So anyway, do you think that these individuals get protecting your constitutional rights? No, they don't care. Because I point out that in Texas you already have the slippery slope of the trans activism, right? And I and I'm not using that term in, in, in saying that uh in a derogatory Way. What I am saying is that, and we'll get into this tomorrow, there are literally people who are activists for leftist causes using transgenderism as a way of furthering academic leftism in this country. Okay. But my question to you, Pat, is with no constitutional bounds to this, right? with no defined terms of what constitutes the ability to take somebody's guns via red flag. Strangely enough, having in all 50 states, plus the District of Columbia, plus the five other territories, right? All of them having laws on the books in which you can have your guns taken away, it's just that it flips the red flag law on its head and says you've got to go in front of a judge and they need to prove that you are a menace to society. Now, oftentimes, I get it, time is of the essence, right? Well, then figure out a judge or a, a court proceeding that can flow quickly. It's just that simple. You have to be able to have a judiciary then that's nimble. We don't have that, because here's the rub on all of this, the Constitution slows things down, and it's supposed to, because it's supposed to allow us to get it right way more than we get it wrong. But I ask you this, Pat. These red flag laws speak not to action, but language, to thought, to all sorts of things, right? Certainly, If you were to say something Somebody could just Write a judge Turn it in And your guns would be taken away Yeah Are there any parameters In these red flag laws That prevent Language From being the thing that gets you your gun taken away
1: not to my knowledge okay
2: we have been told time and time again that parental rights won't be touched right it, your ability as a parent to make sure that um, your child is taken care of and that um, that a a parental dispute in which the child is being forced into transition by an adult would never happen right we were told that for decades and decades right that would never ever happen especially not in the reddest of red states like texas right it's it's happening now i bring all of this up to say this pat Mm. in these red flag law situations what is to stop the gun control nut crowd from deciding that your anti-trans language is violence what is to stop the anti-gun left from using these red flag laws as a de facto way of disarming red America
1: there isn't and, and you, you bring up an interesting point here, because this is happening in the great state of Texas, right? <laughs> yeah, this the, is happening. the great state this, of Texas. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is happening in Texas, of all places, a, a, a place that's supposed to be a conservative bastion for the rest of the country. And it's become a shadow of its, of its former self in that regard. I mean, you have John Cronin, who clearly is not conservative, by the way. And I, to further my point, I was listening to, um, to Glenn last week. And he was talking about, I mean, actually, this might have been two weeks ago now. He was talking about the attorney general's race here in Utah County, which happens to be, by the way, one of the reddest counties and one of the reddest states in the entire country. And he was talking about how leftism and leftist ideals have, have infiltrated that race and how how much of a difference just a county attorney general's race can, can make a difference in a community. Oh, 100%. 100%. And, and, but here's my point with this in Texas and the red flag laws and all the stuff that we we've just been talking about. We've got to stop saying we we've got to elect a Republican because leftism has and progressivism has is infiltrated the Republican Party and it's, it's done it for years. It's been there okay? for almost two decades, I would argue. Right? Yeah it, it's it's been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. We can't we can't sit here and just say oh we got to we got to elect a Republican because that's going to solve all the problems. No, it's not. No, it's not. Elections aren't enough anymore. We had this very conversation last week.
2: Mm -hmm. Right, right. We've talked about this ad nauseum. Simply electing one side over the other. No, you have to elect people of principle and you have to know that these people are of principle. And that's very difficult today because lots of people have figured out the trick, right? Speak the language and people will vote for you. It's how Donald Trump got elected. Donald Trump is not a dyed in the wool conservative. He is a who is going to be able to line my pocket to give me the power Kind of conservative. Well, and he will it, speak whatever language is needed to be spoken at that time to maintain his power. Look at what happened during the election to January 6th moments, right? Right. He he just fueled the fire over and over again of things that are almost completely unprovable. And most importantly, were unprovable in the time frame that needed to happen for the these things to work. Right? Right. Now, I'm not saying that 2,000 mules isn't true. What I am saying is that that's not the case that Donald Trump was making. Donald Trump was making the case that uh, the Domin- Dominion voting machines were this and that and blah, 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 blah. Right? But right. it was all about what? Maintaining his power. He speaks on the border to maintain his power. He speaks on this and that at all of these rallies, right? to right. To, to give the Red red meat. Meanwhile, he's blowing out deficit after deficit after deficit. Meanwhile, he gave us Operation Warp Speed, in which um, while it's great that we attempted to, to find a vaccine, it didn't work at all, any way, shape, or form. And even you see some Republicans now say, well, it did work against the alpha variant. No, it didn't. And oh, by the way, now, Pat, we are seeing a study come out of Israel that suggests upwards of 37% of the men who took the vaccine are completely impotent. Ooh, You think that's going to have a negative potential um, impact on our society and the, the world for the anti-population people, right? That's good news. For the people in the WHO and the, the WEF, this, that's fantastic news, right? We got just too many people populating the planet. My in any point case, in all of this, mm-hmm. right? My point in bringing all of this up is that if you want to tell me that that will never happen, let me point to you. Every single time that it's happened, because the oh the trans thing that'll never happen. Uh, mm-hmm. It happened. The the well the, oh people won't abuse the bathroom. You know if we just you know how dare you support the North Carolina bathroom bill right? It happened and, and it'll never happen that uh, that an adult male who's not identifying as a female but using it to hurt and harm young children. That would never, ha- oh, and, and wait, I, even young children are using it to hurt other young children.
1: Also happened.
2: Huh. Multiple times. In a school in Virginia, by the way, Just just passing this student around so that he can rape and pillage through not one but two high schools, by the way, in the same school district. The point in all of this is to remind you that simply electing Republicans will not be a buttress from that will never happen. You have to stand now and say, no, 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 no. we are not accepting red flag laws and especially not red flag laws that have no definition, no actual definition, no, no way to prove that your constitutional rights will not be stripped. Because the laws, as written and proposed in Congress, have no constitutional protections to them. None. Lindsey Graham, John Cornyn, Cory Booker, Sheldon Whitehouse, you name the group, right? They want you to believe the lie that they've got your back that this is just a common sense reform that will help the situation. The reality is that these people hate you enough to put the framework in place to make sure that when you've figured out that you've had enough, they can now strip your rights. It's about their power and their ability to tell you You don't get a gun now. And what happens when you don't get a gun because you spoke differently than the people in power? What happens to you? You are either submitting or dying. That's the reality in front of us as a culture, as a society, as individuals. And I'm not suggesting armed rebellion or anything. What I am suggesting is that government should... Never be in a position to force that thing down your throat, right? That scenario, either submit or die. That's what they're after. They're after your submission to their progressive agenda. That's both parties, okay? Hear me out on that. That's both parties. This is the framework in which that exists. Because what is dangerous speech, Pat? What is dangerous speech? What is what is violent rhetoric, right? What is it? It's whatever anybody in power deems it to be. And just by the way, not electing John Cornyn isn't the answer either.
1: I, I think my, my overall point in this is... I, I'm tired of the the narrative. We have to elect X, Y, Z, right? They the point of the matter is the GOP hates you, and they hate you so much that they are willing to get up in front of their state convention, insult you to your face, essentially in very nice words, and then smile and wave while getting booed. That's how much they hate you because they don't care yeah it,
2: and that in and, and to put this into a, a a good metaphor if you will it's like the the prostitute that you pay tells you you're so good you're so good and then to your back is laughing at you that's who they are you're so good you're so good we love you we love you take my money take we're gonna take your money take your money take your money and then <laughs> You fool, you're an idiot, you suck, you are terrible. Why would you do that? Uh, what What is one of the principles we talked about all of last year, right? Don't do business with people who insult you. They, in are, they are insulting you. If you give them this inch here on these red flag laws without any sort of constitutional, real, actual, defined constitutional protection for your speech, for your actions, and for the people accusing you, right? You don't get to meet your accuser in a red flag law situation. You don't. The judge just simply says yay or nay, and then guess what? You spend $10,000 trying to fight to get your constitutional rights back. Now, I'm not saying there are not cases in which people shouldn't have their weapons taken, right? For instance, right now, if you commit domestic violence, I don't know about you, but in most states that I'm aware of, that is an automatic your weapons are gone.
1: Uh in fact, I think in a lot of states if you have a criminal record in a not just a, any criminal record, a specific kind like domestic violence or felony of violence, you 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 tend to lose those those rights.
2: Right. Mm. In and so I, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that you've been adjudicated in an actual court of law to have been in violation of other people's constitutional rights and more importantly, willing to commit violence. You have a process that we have to go through. You may not like that. You may think that it's inefficient. Then let's make it more efficient, right? Let's hire more judges. <gasps> Oh wait, um that hasn't worked out so well for the GOP either, because it turns out that they're not very good at figuring out who actually believes in the Constitution and who doesn't. <coughs> Roberts. Um the whole point in all of this is electing people that hate you does you no good, whether that comes from the left or the right. And most importantly, know this, in today's culture and in today's society, they're more interested in making sure that you submit to their power than that they protect the Constitution, which is supposed to be their job. It's that simple. They hate you. They hate you. They hate you. Doesn't mean that you have to hate them back, by the way. It just means you must be aware, be mindful, And push back when they're attempting to take your rights away. Without justification, without due process, without anything in place to assure that your rights have been adjudicated. Again, what is to stop them from making sure that your now accepted political speech is no longer accepted and therefore violence. You don't think that could happen here? Okay. By the way, Pat, um, I got another one for tomorrow that we'll have to talk about involving Section 230, and it involves this very concept. But but it is time for your truth or fiction on this Tuesday.
1: Alrighty then. Truth or fiction. And I I found this one... To appeal to the uh, real estate agent in you. Oh boy. Yeah. You're going to make my head pop off. I don't know. I don't know. I'm actually kind of curious to see where you go with this one. Truth or fiction, property prices plunge by up to 20% across parts of U.S. as buyers shun the market amid Biden inflation and spiking interest rates.
2: So if you follow Close with Coppins on YouTube, which is my YouTube channel, uh, talking about all things real estate, especially here in Chicago, um, and trying to educate the buyers and sellers that are out here in the marketplace, I have a hard and fast rule on answering anything in the world of real estate. Can you guess what that answer will be? It's two words. Uh- Isn't it based upon the seller? No. The answer to anything in real estate is this. Hmm. It depends. Oh, it depends. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: -hmm. Depends. Depends on your
2: personal situation, your financial situation. It depends on where you live. Depends on when you're looking to buy or sell. It depends. It depends. It depends. It depends. But I will say this. Um, I looked. Um, I looked at this article. I, I saw this uh, on our friend Watson uh, um, uh Facebook page. Yep. Bless him. Bless his heart. This is complete and total bullshit. Uh, so you're going fiction here? Yes, I am going fiction here. And again, we can talk specifically about the Chicago market because I am a licensed realtor in the state of Illinois happening to deal with what Chicago real estate. And I have access to all of the data, literally all of it, Pat, down to the granular level of I can tell you what is going on in my block, in my neighborhood, in the specific MLS neighborhood, right? I can tell you all of that information nowhere in any of the information that i have access to and more importantly the same information that allegedly realtor.com or uh, redfin or zillow would have access to right nowhere in that data does it tell us that there's a 3.9% dec- decline in prices nowhere you know how i know it because i can prove it so let's say we're we're talking about the entirety of the Chicago MLS, which is all the suburbs, all the way up to Rockford, all the way up to the the border with the state of Wisconsin, right? Okay, so let's take the average price of a home. Um, Notice this graphic that I have on the screen right now, and it tells you that um, from over the last three years. Prices have gone from a median of, or an average sale price of around, what, 290 dollars ish to over $360,000, and it's included a price increase every single month so far this year in the average sale price of a home. Now, if we were seeing a 3.9% decline, right, that number wouldn't be going up from April to May, correct, Pat? Uh, Yes, correct. Okay. So where's that 3.9% decline? Well, maybe they're not talking about the average sale price. They're talking about the median sale price, because those are two different things, by the way, the average and the median, right? We all know that. They're calculated differently. So let's take a look at the median sale price. Uh Uh-oh. The median sale price for the entirety of the Chicago MLS is around $285,000. That's the median sale price, okay? Okay. That's flat, right? Mm-hmm. There, that if there was a three point nine percent decrease, by the way, we would know it. Now, here's what I can also tell you: maybe they're talking about the city of Chicago more specifically, the boundaries of the city of Chicago, right? Maybe they're talking about that because uh, we all know about the issues in the sh- in the shitty in the city of Chicago. Um, <clears throat> here's the median. Uh oh. If you're not watching at home, I suggest watching on our Rumble page, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, because here's the rub. There's been less than a 1% change one way or the other to median sale price since about um, July or August of 2021. The median sale price in the city of Chicago has barely changed. In fact, I can tell you that as of the end of May, so when we started to see these massive increases in the interest rate for you, the homeowner, or the home buyer, we saw a 1.5% increase in the median price in a rolling 12-month average. Now, for the average sale price, because we need to talk about that, right? The Chicago average has gone nowhere but up to the point where, <clears throat> wait for this, Pat, we're at $453,655. You might say, well, what about the change from April to May? <clears throat> the average sale price dropped by, wait for this, Pat, $12. Now, the average sale price, by the way, Pat, if you're doing the math at home on a rolling 12-month average, is up 6.9%. Where are they getting these numbers from? I thought to myself, well, maybe maybe we're seeing a lot of price changes and we're seeing a lot of price dropping here in the month of June, right? So I took a look at the areas that I, in the city, really dive into in the numbers because it's very telling as to where the market is and it's in some of the strongest markets in terms of price, in terms of um, want to buy and own in these areas, <clears throat> we have seen the number that I call excess supply increase in the last three months from about uh, 7% excess supply, meaning the amount of homes that are in excess of what has been sold within that time frame. Okay, And this is within two weeks. It has gone from 7% to over 40%. So today, there are 40% excess homes compared to what is closing and what is pending in the marketplace in these four geographic regions of the city of Chicago, okay? The four neighborhood regions that are super healthy, Lincoln Square, North Center, Lakeview, and Uptown. They are very healthy real estate markets. These would be the first places you would look to see decline in, in prices, a decline in in um, homes coming to the market. These are the things that you'd be looking for, right? Because these are the healthy places. The healthy places are usually the first places to feel these effects. Okay. No metric at all. Hear me out on this. No metric at all exists in Chicago, that gives you that number. It doesn't exist. And I've just given you some of the basics. I could go deeper and deeper and deeper if I wanted to. At no point, nowhere, no how does that negative 3.9% number exist. It literally doesn't exist. I cannot find it anywhere in any information that would be available to me, let alone Realtor.com, let alone the National Association of Realtors, or Zillow, or Redfin, or whatever. I have the same access to the data that they do. Where are they getting this number from, Pat? It turns out they're just simply cherry-picking the top of the market and the bottom of the market. And telling you that this number is true. For instance, they use a home in, um, I forget where it was. Was it Toledo, Ohio? They use a home. Uh, Toledo,
1: Toledo is on here,
2: but they use a home. And I think, oh no, it was Detroit. It was, it was a home, um, uh, a four bedroom, two bathroom home. First built by the owner of the Detroit Tigers. Between May of 2021 and June of 2022, the home has gone from $1.55 to $675,000. That's right, $1.55 million to $675. That's a lot of money, right? Right. But that is literally in 12 months. Clearly, there's something at issue with the home. Or with the price of the home or with what they are cherry picking information and taking it and putting it into the broader market and telling you that the sky is falling right right the reality on the ground is that we are still seeing fewer and fewer listings on a rolling 12-month average and a month-to-month average by the way than we were this time last year or at any point Right now here in Chicago by the way Pat we have fewer listings coming to market than at any point pre-pandemic. You have to go back to December of 2019, which is which is automatically one of the lowest points, right? December of every year is one of the lowest points for people to put their homes on the market. Correct?
1: Well yeah, I mean it's it's winter. Winter always seems to be kind of the downtime for for right. real estate especially
2: so. in the in the Midwest. Right, okay? The homes that are on the market right now they're actually representing more than what's closed, right? With that excess number, that excess supply number is telling us that there are more homes on the market this time or than than what's closing, right? So it's giving us an elasticity in the marketplace, but Still, we have fewer homes on the market than at any point since December of 2019, pre pandemic. Also, by the way, as we saw the recovery of the housing market, this represents the lowest number since July of 2021. We're still seeing fewer homes on the market, more closings happening. We're seeing some crazy crap happening in the marketplace right now. All of it leading to what? It is a simple law of supply and demand. We don't have enough houses to meet the demand, even if the demand is decreasing. We don't have enough homes, and it's an impossibility because we are still 3 million new housing starts as a nation below where we should have been pre, wait for this, housing crash of 2007 and 8. Oh, and by the way, we still haven't made that 3 million up, and we're 3 million behind where we should be anyway, so we're actually 6 million housing starts behind as a market. That is what is driving housing prices actually into the positive, even when we're seeing interest rates go to the 6, a half, seven 7% range in some cases. This is a lie, and it's a lie told to do what? To scare you from becoming a buyer or a seller. So here's the advice. Don't listen to the national news. Don't listen to national numbers. This could be true in your market. It depends on the market that you exist in. This could be true in Salt Lake. This could be true in Toledo. This could be true in Akron. This could be true somewhere, somewhere, somehow. I could find this even in the hottest of hot markets, right? I could find that statistic to exist.
1: I I would also argue that this is meant to be a hit piece on the Biden administration because it specifically talks about Bidenflation. Um,
2: We're talking don't about get me wrong. homes going from 164.9 to 154.9. That is right. a common price drop, right? Mm-hmm. That is a price drop that us realtors would do because if that home is not selling, we need to attract the next right. bracket of seller or buyers, which would be what? That that ten thousand dollar mark. And by the way, that house might actually sell for 164 dollars We don't know. Like you said, it depends. It totally depends on the market that you that you exist in. But they used Chicago. So let me disprove it because that number is utter bullshit. It doesn't exist. I cannot find where they got that number anywhere. Anywhere. Even if I were to cherry pick a neighborhood in the city of Chicago. It doesn't exist. It's an absolute lie
1: yeah when i when i I found this article i'm not a real estate agent by any means and um but i do know what's going on around me in my area and what i also hear from you know you and other real estate agents i know across the country um i read this headline i'm like this is a lie um this isn't true and i immediately sent it down i'm like this is not true, correct? And correct. Like, like immediately, you, you responded saying, "No, no, this isn't true at all."
2: Now, now, I want I want to put this in perspective. If we're supposed to believe that housing prices are jumping or plummeting by twenty percent, right? The average home in America is somewhere around three hundred thousand dollars today. Okay, I'm expected to believe that that house is now two hundred forty thousand dollars? Hell no because that's what a 20% decrease in the price would be, a $60,000 decrease, right? That ain't happening no way, no how. Maybe a 2% decrease is happening. That I would believe. That I could believe, where I could see a $6,000 price decrease or a $10,000 price decrease. I can see that happening because I am seeing that in the marketplace. But again, it also even depends internally in these marketplaces. The the high-rise condo market has depreciation different or appreciation different than the three-flat condo market, than the single-family home market, than the multifamily units. It all depends. That's why that's my answer to everything when it comes to real estate is it depends. depends on your motivation. It depends on what place, what time. You know, all of those things. That's why having a realtor, by the way, if you are dealing with a realtor that understands the data, where you live, where you're targeting to live, and if they can't speak to that data, that means they're not paying attention. If they can't do it off the top of their head, okay? If that realtor can't say, you know what? I think the last time I checked, it was this. Wave them bye-bye. And find yourself a new one because you're going to get screwed because they don't have their ear to the ground. They don't understand what's happening today because here's the one truth that I can speak to nationwide. Things are crazy in the real estate market. They're just crazy right now price drops are happening in some places that aren't happening elsewhere. those price drops are now targeting a different uh price point and now we're getting multiple offers where we weren't getting anything ten thousand dollars but now it's ten thousand dollars over we're getting what we originally asked what the hell's going on right this market is crazy and if your realtor does not know does not know the data run away and find yourself one that does and more importantly hit me up and let me know and I will help you because I have realtor friends all over the country that I can trust that know their data and know their stuff. So the point in all of that is anybody who tells you absolutes based on national numbers in real estate is full of it. And anybody who says I know all the answers is full of it. And if they know the answers locally, that's good news. If they know the answers nationally, that's not so good. All right. So we've got those two out of the way. I think it's time to play the B or not the B. Are you ready? Hit me. Uh, Where and how hard?
1: Um, Well, I I mean, we all know that you hit like a girl, so... um...
2: careful i've been studying iso wing chung but today's headline <clears throat> dc juneteenth festival shut down after brawling leads to mass shooting and stampede dc juneteenth festival shut down after brawling leads to a mass shooting and stampede when you're thinking on that uh, please make sure you are visiting our frying friends at americanprideroasters.com american pride roasters historically great coffee Um, I love some of their flavored stuff, but um, their unflavored coffee, just their plain roasting is so delicious. Go check them out. They've got about a two week lead time right now before they're shipping stuff out. But uh, AmericanPrideRoasters.com, go there, find out uh, what they've got for you. Um, I believe the the new one is the At The Mic Macadamia Nut. Um, So that that is on its way to me. Um, I will let you know how that tastes um, at that point in time. Alright, so, that having been said, Pat, uh, do you need the headline one more time?
1: No, because that one felt really too real, Um, so I'm going to go with not the B. You are
2: correct, that's right. Nothing celebrates Juneteenth and the freedom of the slaves. Finally, the last vestige of slavery gone from the great state of Texas. (sighs) Right, this is our new and improved Independence Day, right? Apparently. (sighs) Ah. Mass shooting breaks out, resulting in a cop being shot, a teenager being killed, and at least two others injured. A 15-year-old killed. Three others shot. (laughs) He was standing right next to this officer, this guy uh, that was a witness. Uh, apparently the incident started when this rally for black power turned into a free-for-all with a large group of attendees attacking each other when police intervened they began recovering multiple illegal firearms that people are brought to the event so they decided to do what shut the event down which is smart that's when the shots rang out and the crowd stampeded gunfire erupted on a street corner as crowds began to disperse from the advocacy festival called mochella which officers had shut down moments earlier over dangerous conditions the event was advertised as a peaceful demonstration at 14th and u street celebrating juneteenth but police described a chaotic scene where several illegal guns were recovered over the course of a two and a half hour search many social media activists and politicians were crying out for laws to stop gun violence after the shooting now, correct me if I'm wrong here, Pat. Uh, Washington, D.C. has one of the strictest gun laws in the entire country. You would be correct. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, illegally possessing a firearm is what? Illegal.
1: Uh, yeah. Mm. It means jail time. Uh.
2: Ah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, what, what the absolute hell? Great question. Um, um, why did the criminals do criminal things?
1: <laughs> well, you you see, Andrew Coppins, uh, the definition of a criminal means uh, they they do illegal things regardless of what the law says. What? the The definition of a criminal it means it's someone that does illegal things regardless of what the law says.
2: Now, not the beat gets a nice little barb in here, by the way, saying Juneteenth is a great day to celebrate when Republicans finally freed the last of the Democratic slaves under the banner of the red, white, and blue. But I'm starting to think that the critical race theory Marxists who are trying to turn Juneteenth into a racist holiday that degrades whiteness in the patriarchy by casting aside history and moral values might just be morons that are destroying society. Anyway, we spent a year and a half and who knows how many dollars fixing... Uh, fixating on the events of January 6, 2021, when unarmed Trump supporters were led into the Capitol building and proceeded to take pictures and get some dirt on Nancy Pelosi's desk. Candidates for state governor are now being raided by the FBI simply for being there, while others are still languishing in prison indefinitely in clear violation of the Sixth Amendment. <clears throat> DC's gun laws may have saved our democracy, January 28, 2021. Turns out that um, mostly law-abiding citizens, right, the the vast mm-hmm. majority of people figured out that um, I can't bring my gun, mm-hmm. and, and the criminals figured out I should bring a gun. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if this was something that was probably planned uh, amongst. Mm-hmm. Wait for this organized criminals. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. speaking of BLM, Pat, um, truth or fiction? Black Lives Matter stands in absolute contradiction to the teachings of
1: Christianity. Oh, that's 100% truth. I mean, what, what what is one of the core tenets of Christianity? The family, right? And preserving the family. And well, then what also family? bringing what? that family unto, unto, uh, what, unto Christ and to God.
2: Whoa, 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 whoa. What family? See, it, it takes a village, right? That's the family. No, no, no,
1: no, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm talking about the nuclear family.
2: The nuclear? Nuclear. Okay, there, uh, GW. Um, okay.
0: Nuclear.
2: Yeah. Uh, what if I told you that in uh, uh, Worcester, Massachusetts, the Catholic Diocese has uh, stripped the ability for um a middle school a catholically affiliated middle school from using the term catholic because it's flying the black lives matter flag and the pride flag what if i told you that
1: well both of those are in contradiction to i mean well black lives matter flat out has said that they are against the nuclear family right um, yeah, it's
2: literally in the like guidelines of it.
1: Right. And then and then the flag is in direct violation of of those things as well. So um yeah, I I could see why they would do that.
2: Well, the Nativity School <clears throat> Robert McManus, the bishop for Worcester, Massachusetts, issued the decree on Thursday saying uh wait for this. To fly the flags at the nativity school was inconsistent with Catholic teaching. The pride flag is inconsistent with Catholic teaching because it represents support of gay marriage and actively living an LGBTQ lifestyle. While the BLM movement contradicts Catholic social teaching on the importance and role of the nuclear family. He continues saying it is my sacred duty and inherent responsibility to determine when a school claiming to be Catholic is acting in such a way that is contrary to the teachings of the
1: Catholic Church. Well done. Well done.
2: Bravo. Um, Bravo. You don't get you don't get to call yourself whatever the hell you want just because and then do whatever the hell you want. You don't get to right. be the church of me, right? And we've talked about this all. This exists in all faith, right? There are Mormon churches that are ch- the church of me, right?
1: It, it varies word to word, but yeah. But you know so, what I'm saying, right? So yeah, there, there are
2: there are parishes, if you will, or however you guys determine it in your faith, right. that are the church of me, right? That that They'll claim the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but they'll do so... In a way that that formulates whatever they want, I, I right. would argue that uh, the fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is a fine example of this, right? I'm so glad they have understand. they have very different beliefs. I understand mm. that, but then yeah. they're separate, and I understand that. But I'm using this as an example, right? They have perverted that teaching of the church into mm. their own sphere,
1: right? right. Yep, yeah, exactly. And, then, um, and and this is what's happening here. And correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the school say that they were doing like like to for like something with like freedom of speech, freedom of expression, blah blah blah,
2: the values of inclusivity and right, blah blah blah? Right. Do you see right. the Blue Lives Matter flag on there?
1: Nope. That that's where I was going. So do you do you see? You know, now, what, what, pick pick a flag of whatever representation.
2: Now. Do you think that stripping their ability to use the term Catholic matters to them? No. You would be correct, because following the bishop's decision to revoke the school's Catholic status, McKenney, who is the head of the school president uh, for the Nativity School— said, Nativity will continue to display the flags to give visible witness to the school's solidarity with our students, families, and their communities. Now, what you need to know about the Nativity School is that it is literally tuition-free and it is designed for the minority community within Worcester, Massachusetts, okay? It's designed for the low-income families. It is designed for uh, the marginalized communities, as they put it, right? But, but uh, you're using the, the term Catholic, but you really don't want to teach the teachings of the church. Well, yes, the, the church does teach inclusivity and love of everybody, right? It does. But love of everybody in concert with the teachings of Jesus Christ. Love the sinner, hate the sin, right? That's always been the teaching of the church. Always. Always. But that doesn't mean I have to accept your sin, Mm. right? I don't have to accept your sin. Well, BLM is not a sin. You're right. BLM is not a sin. But they are literally antithetical to the teachings of the Catholic church. Because why? They don't believe in the nuclear family. They They believe whiteness to be bad. They believe in all sorts of Marxist ideology.
1: They stand for a lot of things that are sinful, even if they aren't necessarily sinful themselves. Does that make sense?
2: Mm Mm-hmm. So, this is a double-edged sword for me. Because, one, here we have a bishop standing up for the teachings of the church. Most of the time, these bishops and these cardinals are just rolling over and playing dead. Just whatever the church of me, because mm my coffers, Right no, no, you don't get that, no, no, just like Nancy Pelosi, no, you don't, but here's the rub, and here's the thing that we have been saying all the time, if you believe these things to be immoral, if you believe these things to be wrong, if you believe if you believe if you believe, right, and they tell you no, and you believe these things to be the moral good, is defiance in order? I ask this question because that's what this, this school is doing. It's not going to stop those uh, flying those flags. It's going to have to stop using the term Catholic because they'll get sued for it. But the larger point here is that they're not just going to play by the rules. Okay, so What is the point that we should be taking from this, Pat? Well, when these rules of government, when these rules of society are against morality, are, are antithetical to what you believe, you have a moral obligation to oppose and to say no. Civil and moral disobedience is okay. It really is. That's that. That's what this is. This is civil disobedience, right? This is saying, well, nah, we, we believe something different, so meh. Right? It's the same equivalency as uh, Sanctuary City, right? Well, we need to be inclusive of our illegal alien population here, so uh, we're just not going to follow that rule. We need more of this. Uh to win the culture war. And I'm not talking about more of the leftists doing this, more of us doing that to them. Prime example Buzz Lightyear, right? Lightyear, the new movie from Disney. Yep. Bombed. Bombed. Why? Because parents decided, mm, you know what? I'm good with a, a fictional character somehow becoming gay. And uh, I'm good with not allowing my kids to see a a gay kiss on screen at the age of four. Uh, What point does that serve other than to, I don't know, put a thumb into the eye of social conservatism? So here is your answer. I'm not spending my dollars to take my kids to the movies for your crap. There's your disobedient act, right? Right. I just spoke with my money.
1: (sighs) With that, Pat,
2: uh, got any final thoughts?
1: Uh, Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And stop voting for the GOP that hates you.
2: Please be smart, be safe, and be kind. As always, Matthew 547.